Welcome to the Woman Inc. podcast. This is the place for the new generation of women looking to lead the life of their absolute dreams. I'm your host, Jenna Toddy, entrepreneur, life coach, and strategist for modern businesswomen and entrepreneurs. I am a city girl, sriracha lover, and that friend who will hype you up when you forget how powerful you truly are. I am on a mission to make Women Inc. the most powerful network of women who are leveling up, owning what they want, and becoming who they've always wanted to be. Have you ever wondered what it would look like if you went all in on yourself? No turning back. If so, you are in the right place, my girl. Let's get started. Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome to the Woman Inc. podcast. Today's guest is Melanie Mazarin. She is the founder and CEO of Gia, an alcohol-free spirit designed to change the way we think about drinking and socializing. Melanie was previously the creative director and head of marketing of Dig In, where she led the rebrand of the company, overseeing everything from messaging, communication, store design, branding, digital presence, paid ads, and offline marketing. Most recently, Melanie was the head of retail and offline experiences at Glossier. In this episode, we chat about her experiences leading up to becoming a founder and her journey after she decided to make the jump. I hope you love this episode and lean into all of the wisdom that Melanie brings. You can find Melanie on Instagram at Melanie Mazarin and drink Kia. If you love this episode, make sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Now, let's get over to my conversation with Melanie. Hi. Nice to meet you. So nice to meet you. How are you? I'm good. Uh, you know, I love Saturday mornings. It's like my favorite moment of the week because it's like we were just working, but like it's like very creative time. I'm so happy to get this time with you. Where are you from? I'm from France. Oh my gosh. This time last year I was in Paris. All I'm doing is just looking at photos, reminiscing. I miss it so much. Yeah, even though it's cold there right now, but it's so nice. That's beautiful. Thank you first of all so much for coming on I'm like freaking out your resume is every girl's dream I'm just so excited to chat with you thank you for having me you're from France where in France are you from I'm from Lyon so I grew up between Lyon and the south of France where my grandparents lived so between Lyon and Cannes that's amazing and now you are in California Los Angeles yes and how do you like it I love it it's actually the closest to France and Europe that I've been able to to find in the US kind of that more chill slower lifestyle yeah and like sunny and you know with like incredible produce and just the way people socialize and living in houses and the light and all these things yes but you were in new york right how long were you in new york for 10 years so did you move during quarantine uh i moved right before a few months before thank god (laughs) i know i was in cal for all of quarantine i went for a week just to visit my family and ended up getting stuck for like three months (laughs) but i was really happy to be stuck there i would love to walk through first before we get into kia and the beautiful brand you've built i really want to walk through your background and kind of lay the foundation of how you 
began to build your own company. You were at Goldman Sachs, correct? You were in finance. Okay. Can you walk us through what that was like? It's such an intense world. I mean, it's definitely very intense. It's something that you can really only do if you're right out of college. I think it would just be really hard to transition into banking kind of like um, later in life. But starting there is actually the best training ever because it really teaches you attention to detail. And I was definitely very lucky to work with incredibly smart people there who taught me a lot. And the rhythm is not for everyone, but in terms of kind of polishing and refining the like level of detail that you ever put in front of a client or a customer, definitely there's a lot there that's very applicable to kind of future careers and that I took with me. Oh, I'm sure. Okay. You go to dig in next. Yes. And you're head of marketing at Diggin. Yes. So I started in strategy for Diggin, which was a bit of a just like special projects role, you know, coming in, bringing some business and analytics to the table. It was a team of incredible operators. And I was just a few years out of college and the, I was basically reporting on the, to the CEO and just kind of like learning how we could fix one thing at a time there. And uh, Diggin at the time was growing significantly. And I started to just have a number of opinions about how we should grow and how we should introduce ourselves to new markets. So it sort of started when we realized, okay, we wanted to go to Boston. You know, I, I sort of raised my hand and said, I think we need to update our brand identity before we go there because people are not going to have this like legacy knowledge of who we are. Diggin had already been operating for a few years in New York. And again, Adam, the CEO there, like just gave me an opportunity to kind of transition into more of a marketing focused role and creative role. So do you feel like there you started to get an idea of, okay, one day I'll build my own brand? Were you setting the stage for that or were you really just in? it and that came later no that came later I honestly didn't think I would start my own thing until I actually started my own thing if that makes sense so that definitely came later from Diggin you go to Glossier Diggin I went to Glossier where I started looking into what you know retail could be for Glossier and helping the team figure out what the third dimension of our brand should be if we were already so big on the internet it was pretty unusual at the time to have such an engaged audience online only and so the challenge was how do you create the third dimension of Glossier in a way that's very Glossier, but it also doesn't distract us from like our primary retail channel, which was online. Right. I feel like Glossier has become this millennial dream brand. So many brands have looked to Glossier for inspiration and just how they've been able to grow into this just massive brand. Within that role, do you feel that you grew into what would become an entrepreneur? Yes, for sure. I mean, I learned so much and I think you know it was a very special time because Glossier was growing really quickly and so we had to think quick but still be very thoughtful because we didn't want to lose what was special about the brand and I got to work with incredibly talented and incredibly creative people uh, that really cared about the customer and that's really kind of trained me uh, but then I, it still took a few years for me to start my own thing I wanted to find the thing that would keep me you know challenged for a number of years but I don't know that I necessarily had the confidence to just go on my own so it's only the path was more that I had this idea and no one else was doing it and I just felt like it just became a bit more of a life mission so then the idea of entrepreneurship became almost secondary to that and that's kind of how I decided to go on my own make the jump so let's get into Gia I love something that I saw that you wrote where you said I want to take back the word drinking from alcohol which made me think that is so true we say you know I'm going to have a drink tonight and this word has become branded with alcohol so can you walk me through that 
and how you eventually decided to make the jump and what that looked like for you. Was it one moment of inspiration or a culmination of things that built up and led you to be brave enough to finally say, let's do this? You know, I had been for a number of years not drinking and thinking that I was just really frustrated with the lack of options. It's like, if you're not drinking and you're getting a drink with someone, what do you even order? Like I would find myself, you know, on first dates ordering a diet Coke. I don't even drink Coke and or going to dinner. And, you know, people would think I was boring because I wasn't drinking, even though it's truly no one's business. And so it, it took a few years as I was transitioning out of Glossier. I was consulting for a number of clients. And so that helped kind of remove the pressure of finding another job. It just hit me one day that, you know, this was just the thing. And I started looking into it a little bit as if it was another one of my consulting projects and clients. And it very quickly became my favorite one. And as I, um, you know, I took the time to really evaluate the opportunity and also just what foundations would I want to build this company on? Like, how would I do it? Because there were a lot of brands that were similar that were in the UK, but I wanted to create the US version of that or something that was more adapted to the market that I lived in. And so there was a lot of, you know, kind of creative thinking behind it. And it just allowed me to just take my time to think about, you know, the way to approach it. I don't drink a lot in general. I have a glass of wine once in a while, but I've gone through many stages of not drinking at all and it's so true the social pressure and the judgment that comes when you don't order a drink or people don't want to drink alone so I think it's such an amazing brilliant idea what was the first step once you're like okay I'm gonna do this I'm gonna build this company did you start spearheading this on your own or did you get a team together how did you start building the first step was figuring out the product it was I knew that that would be a challenge I knew that I wanted something that was very different from anything else that was on the market i didn't want it to be a sparkling water i didn't want it to be overly sweet i didn't want it to be like all these other things that were on the market and so i really wanted to have the kick of an alcoholic drink but i also didn't want to replicate a flavor that already existed and so that meant finding a food scientist that understood that um, and perhaps appreciated the flavors that you know i admired so very inspired by italian amaros and campari and you know those aperitivos that are really complex in flavor but also not very intimidating in terms of how you drink them. You will just add a splash of sparkling water to them and a couple ice cubes and off you go. I started asking all my friends who worked in food or had any tangential relationship to the food world who they would recommend as a formulator, a scientist, and I met mine a few weeks later. Wow, that's really fast. You know, it took 37 iterations for us to get to where we are. Uh, it took a full year of work together, you know, figuring out which extracts we wanted to use, what our food philosophy was. You know, I didn't want to use one of those distillation processes because I don't believe in them. There's really nothing left if you're um, distilling non-alcohol. So uh, that's, you know, the promise of a lot of other brands. And we really decided to kind of carve our own path, you know, have a drink that was made of only fresh juices and extracts that wouldn't be sweet. So it was very hard to keep the formula stable and you know as a result our ingredients costs are much higher than for other brands but we really wanted the product to stand out and and be as pure as possible so that's really amazing you were able to have that insight from the beginning of wanting the quality because when you don't know where the company is going to go it's really scary I'm sure to be taking on all of this new responsibility and still saying I am dedicated to making this the best product and believing that it will be worth it eventually but not being able to see that yet so I admire you a lot for that how do you think you were able to go from there to where you are now like walk us 
us through, if you will, what that looked like. I'm sure there were lots of ups and downs. I think for us, it was it really involved people in the creation of our brand. We asked for a lot of feedback and it was really important to me that the brand feel very strong and like it had a lot of personality and it was really joyful because I think when people want to have a drink and, you know, especially it's like it's a moment of transition and it's how you decide to kind of approach the next phase that, you know, Gia is for. It's like this wave of optimism, this glass half full. And so just taking a moment for yourself to reset before going on to your next journey. And we really wanted it to be extremely expressive, which was quite different from a lot of brands that were sort of designed to be on the internet and that use a lot of pastel colors and sans serif fonts. And we wanted, we wanted everything to feel like almost handmade with ours, even though we had to launch online. And so we were kind of overcompensating for that. And then, yeah, I mean, it's pretty incredible when I hear that people know of the brand. My acupuncturist last week and said, oh, like I saw a client yesterday and she had a bar cart full of gear. I was like, I was like no way do I know this person? And like, she gave me the name and she was like, no. And I asked her about it. And she said that she went to a dinner and there was a chef and the chef was telling her about it. And I also didn't know the chef and I couldn't believe it. You know, I'm always so amazed that people know about it. I think we're at the stage now where it's like, I don't know everyone who orders or there are full days that go by where none of my friends order. And I'm like, who are these people? How did you find out about this? So press has definitely been great. But I also think, you know, Gia is for sharing. And what I realized and that really encouraged me to even start this company was if I kind of gathered the courage at dinner, for instance, to kind of face the fuss and say, no, you know what? I'm going to sit this one out. So I don't really drink for no particular reason. And, and which often I just wanted to be really discreet about because I didn't want anyone to ask me a ton of questions. I realized that very often, at least one of my friends at the table would also decide to opt out. And so that was really encouraging to me because I felt like I was opening a door for others. And I really wanted Gia to be that, but kind of in reverse, which is like really creating this invitation for people to participate without feeling like they have to imbibe my friends i know the brand and that's actually how i was introduced to the brands they'll know you you're on the map <laughs> so what is your favorite part of your day-to-day well it's still a pretty weird day-to-day because we work from my house um given covid and it's been just an interesting year to launch a brand and you know wanting to launch this brand in restaurants as well like we really want people to be able to go out and order gear and that's obviously people can't go out and we're not really sold in that many restaurants because they're all closed so it's been a year of like disappointment that's still been like really incredible in a way because it's not like what we worked for but my favorite part honestly is just like sharing these days with my team like we're such a small team right now and so everyone sort of works on everything and I think we get to move really quickly and be really creative and you know we really do know all our customers like if someone sends a really funny email or text message like someone will read it out loud and we'll respond together and we feel very connected to our customers which is really nice especially in these distant times and we spend a lot of time making the GIA experience as personal as possible yeah how big is your team right now we're three people three people and what are the titles who are your first hires we have henry is the ceo of gia and then riley is our community manager but she also does all of our restaurant sales and retail sales and we're hiring people to join the team but recruiting in these times has also been very weird curious about people's first hires because those are really the people who you're looking at saying, I can't build this without you. 
Yeah. And that was the CEO role, which was tremendously important. And, you know, the sheer amount of work that it takes to launch a company, especially in the pandemic, like I would not have been able to do this by myself. And Henry has been a rock um, through all this as we, you know, figured out like our fulfillment partner and then decided to not use them because we couldn't go into the warehouse for the pandemic. So then we ended up renting a closed down restaurant to launch out of and then setting up our own warehouse and then outgrowing the warehouse. And now we're moving the warehouse to California. There's just so much going on just with moving product from point A to point B. And that doesn't even go into like ordering all of the ingredients, finding all the suppliers, you know, making it. So it's just been such a learning year for us. What would you say through this process of building your own company? What's something you know now that you wish you knew when you first started? So much. I think I had maybe more data point. I feel like we really learned about our customers after we launched. But because this was such a novel product or category, there was very little that we knew. You know, I wish I had known that our customer base is actually more diverse than we thought. We have 60% of our sales come from outside New York and LA and San Francisco. Francisco, which is really high number for a company that was launched online. You know, we also have a customer base that is like millennial and older, but not necessarily primarily millennial. You know, it's like we have a very, very big kind of 35 to 60 year old audience, which is great, actually. We just need to learn to target all of those different audiences and, and find our customers. That is really only something you would know later, right? What you see data points and you want. Yeah. Or if you had, you know, competitors in the category that were doing something similar, but there's definitely something about being first to market. There are people in the non-alcoholic category, but I think we're all still pretty different. Um, and so for Gia specifically, there were definitely loads of learnings. And when you were launching, how were the people in your life responding to you saying, I'm going to start my own company? Like your family or friends, were they surprised by it? Or were they like, of course you're doing this? No, they were super supportive, actually. I think everyone was very supportive of me kind of pursuing what I wanted to do and being really excited about something. And I think for a lot of them, the response was like, whatever you do will work. Like, I believe in you. But then when I was like, it's non-alcoholic aperitif, people were like, huh? That's what you... <laughs> My mom was like, that's why you've been working for the past 12 years. You know, it's like my parents are so like classic French. They don't drink Gia. Like they, they, my mom drinks it with white wine, which is so bizarre to me at least. And so they really didn't really understand it, except actually for my little brother who's like, yeah, I go out all the time. I don't always want to drink. I think this is great. I wish things like that existed. And that really encouraged me. But beyond that, people were skeptical of the product, I, I would say. So not so much you starting a business, but just the product. Will this actually work? Yeah. I was reading about you drinking limoncello with your mom and that was such an important memory for you. I have the same with my mom where we love to like drink wine together, but when I'm not drinking, it's this thing you have to overcome of it's not the drinking that makes the memory, it's being together. Yeah. How do you foresee or the vision that you have moving forward with the brand? How do you see it being implemented into everyday life? I mean, I hope that people really associate Gia with just taking a moment to decompress. You know, it could be, we talk a lot about transitions and it can be moving from work into play or, you know, you arrive a new place and you're like setting the tone you open your gear you turn on the music you know and I think it's really that moment of like getting into a place for yourself or a place of sharing or it could be a physical place so it can be a mental place and so I think yeah is kind of like that moment of travel and 
how do you, while being an entrepreneur, find that time to decompress and really feel just calm and in your power and ready to take on more stressful things? How, what does your decompression look like? Honestly, I don't know that I have a great tip for that, but I try to stick to a few things, you know, like I don't have a whole uh, ritual and I definitely have extremely limited time these days, but I have a few non-negotiables and that is, you know, I, I cook a lot and that definitely helps me get out of my own head. I also um, try to exercise like four times a week, pretty much without fail. It's not like as good as a lot of people, but I definitely 100% stick to it, you know? So it's just having those non-negotiables so that I don't spiral. And I also feel like my body is strong and my mind is strong. I try to meditate, although I'm not like the most regular at it. <laughs> I mean, working out four times a day is incredibly good. I definitely <laughs> do not do that. That's good. I always ask people this question because I think that who we look to for inspiration says a lot about what we want to build. Is there someone that you constantly go to in order to find inspiration or just when you're feeling at a, at a standstill is there someone you go to when things get very tough and I find that I have to make really tough decisions there's one of my friends and mentors and now an advisor for a business that I always go to and that's my friend Nick who is one of the founders of Sweet Green and uh, just an overall like most solid person probably that I've I'm lucky to know in my life and I feel like he always has very good advice and his moral compass is just like I don't want to say superior to most people but it's just like absolutely incredible and I feel like sometimes you have to make really tough decisions and he always is able to guide me into knowing what's right but I've been very lucky over the years to build a network of mentors that I can go to for very different things which is good because not a single person is good at everything and we'll have to face very different hurdles over the course of building this company so yeah I have a few trusted friends and mentors that I really admire. I love that. And I see your crown affair. Yes. So I am definitely one of my very good friends and also someone who is always able to really keep her cool in situation. And she's an incredibly strong communicator and she's very organized and she has like incredible experience in external comms and a lot of things that I sometimes struggle with. And I feel like she's always a really, really great bouncing board. Yeah, I think this female founder connection, I think that's such an amazing network to have for a woman who is starting off building a business what advice would you give them to start i would say find the thing that makes you feel like there's nothing else that you want to do more of like I would say this is going to get really hard. So don't start a business to start a business because it is not worth it unless you have the purpose and you find the mission that will keep you going in the toughest times. Last question. Where do you see the next year for Gia? Well, I hope the world reopens um, safely and that we get together again uh, and that people, you know, as they have spent a lot of time at home, you know, maybe have had an opportunity to kind of renegotiate their relationship with alcohol and, and that we are a bit kinder to each other when we go out next and maybe don't push alcohol on others so much. And I have nothing against people who drink, by the way, but I just feel like we should just maybe be a bit more inclusive. And I hope that Gia is a catalyst for that and that we are found in the world in more places and hopefully you know offer a great alternative to those who just don't want to have a an alcoholic drink well i have a very good feeling that all of those things are going to happen i'm so incredibly honored that you came on and it was so nice to hear your story and i'm so excited just to watch and see all of the things that you will build through gear 
Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Okay, I hope you enjoyed this episode and are feeling so fired up to go out there and create that business or side hustle that's been on your to-do list, you know, a little bit longer than you care to admit. It is never too late to make the first step towards the life you want more than anything else. And if you haven't already, make sure you are subscribed to the show so that you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, keep becoming the woman of your wildest dreams.